You're listening to Malka Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. The program after dinner means another time of the evening. I will be joined Anwar Kafsim on your segment, Driving with Anwar. Anwar, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me how you're doing this fine, beautiful evening. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, Brother Shafat, very, very well. I would say very uncertain weather, obviously, for this period of time. But alhamdulillah, shukran, you know, everything is just fine. Well, Anwar, if you got a lot of, uh, you know, bushes or shrubs and uh, you got a lawn, you're getting a lot of rain and, uh, you know, maybe good news. And uh, how's your animals uh, reacting to the rain uh, coming through, Anwar? You know, the irony is I just went and bought cat food this uh, this afternoon. You know, Brother Shafar, I, I used to feed 11 stray cats, I would say. All home cats, but 11, you know, because obviously there were strays that came into my yard. Irony had it that three of these cats gave birth to these kittens, which happens to be another 11. So now I'm feeding a total of 22 cats for, alhamdulillah, the last two weeks. That's setting aside my three ducks, my three, uh, I, I think, uh, well, you know, I, I've got... Uh, this uh, turtle, I've got a hedgehog, I've got uh, three rabbits, I've got a football. Well, alhamdulillah, very, very well, Brother Shafa. No complaint. Well, it seems like uh, you'll have to open uh, SPCA, the society, you know, for, uh, and this is Anwar's uh, edition. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a stories around that so many stray dogs left and uh, people, uh, I mean, uh, some people can't uh, feed their pets, uh, Anwar, because the price of uh, pet food is uh, ridiculous. No, definitely. You know, I, I paid something. I, I bought 10 kilos of cat food. I paid over 400 rands for it. And it's only going to last me about a week. But it, it's not a problem, Brother Shafat, because the gratitude my babies all show, it, it's unreal. Really, it's unreal. I, I think that I do it for my own gratification more than actually feeding the pets. I do it for myself, honestly. You know, so, alhamdulillah, you know, things are gone bad in this country. And I, I think globally, I think everyone's having a problem in every financial sector, especially businesses are on a go down, you know. So, you know, it's a very trying time. You know, after COVID, we thought, you know, we, we will actually pick up the pace a little and, you know, we will actually get by. But, you know, with load sharing, you know, rearing its head, and I think we all know, that people like uh, companies like Pick and Pay, it costs like 16 million rands a month for them to, you know, fuel up or diesel up all the the, uh, the uh, generators they've got. It costs checkers 30 million. So we as the end users, we have to pay for what's on the shelf. So, you know, as much as the economy has gone down, our government doesn't have actually help in any way or contributing, you know, to the subsistence of man itself in this country. You know, he he, he veers himself more in overseas affairs, which he shouldn't be dwelling in, really speaking. But alhamdulillah, you know, we get to live another day and we must make shikar for that because as long as you have nowadays, they say, you know, everyone I've been speaking to, your roof over your head and you have something in your belly, I think make shikar for what you have because we, we are living in very trying times at this present moment. Yeah, we talk about trying uh, times, uh, but people's eyes are always on cars, and people can still afford cars, which is amazing. And the uh, sales of cars are still uh, constant on onward as we as we look at uh, the ultra ultra luxurious Volvo EM90. Hey, talk to us about this uh, Volvo uh, EM90. It's very luxurious, you know, also. The, the amazing part, two things I didn't really know about Volvo. One is they never made a minivan, and I know I worked with uh, the the station wagons and so forth, 
And I remember the 144, the old vehicles. And obviously, it was rated, I think, 10 years in a stretch, it was rated the safest car in the world, being Swedish origin. But one of the companies, the parent companies, happens to be a Chinese company. And the Volvo that we're actually talking about, the EM90, is built on a Chinese model Geely. It's called a Zeke 09. You know, so it's exactly the same frame they have used. They've only altered the front and the back, exactly like what Toyota done to Suzuki. You know, uh, but obviously it, all they've ever done was the rebadge to Suzuki itself. But here they actually changed the front and the, the rear of this vehicle. And the amazing part about the vehicle, I think Volvo is a brand by itself. Uh, you know, people actually uh, allocate it to safety. I think that's first priority and luxurious. And, you know, it's basically, you know, it's meant for a practical, sensible, safe driving. That is what they actually, you know, uh, 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 when they produce these vehicles, that is what they actually accept out of it. So all said and done, a full electric vehicle produces over 200 kilowatts, 0 to 100 on a, you know, on a minivan is not a bad thing at 8.35 seconds. And you can actually do a fast charge on this vehicle. And this is what's amazing. You know, you find a person like Volvo will come and then you have Tesla on the other side. Uh, you know, in 15 minutes, you can charge your battery from 10% right to 80%, which is excellent, I, I would say. You know, uh, so when it comes to this vehicle, uh, you know, we don't know the the pricing of it as yet because I really unlikely to actually reach South African shores. We are always the last to actually get all these luxurious vehicles or electric vehicles. Although, you know, you will find randomly somebody will actually import this vehicle, but it won't really be on a dealership stock or floor, as we may put it. You know, and one of the amazing features of this vehicle, it has a full voice command on the interior. So you can actually command for the screens and for your seatings and for your radio system or you know, whichever thing you want. It's in a total voice command. So Hamza, you know, Volvo once again, never disappointed us. But I think, you know, the idea of them teaming up with their sister company or brother company, uh, Chinese, uh, Geely itself, I think that might be a little snackness on their side. So, you know, inshallah, they mustn't use too much of the Chinese product into this year because obviously we, we have a, most probably will have a drop in the Volvo sales for the first time. You know, Anwar, whilst you're talking about electric vehicles and the luxurious uh, and, uh, charging time, you know, 10 minutes, uh, you can get 80% charge. I was thinking about the different engines. You compare the, uh, you know, the petrol engine uh, to the diesel engine. Now, if you do, do the comparison with the electric engine, I mean, uh, maybe it's a, such a clean thing. Talk to me about it, Anwar. No, most definitely. If you look at some of the Teslas, I did, I think, around two seconds to zero to 100 kilometers. You know, there was a vehicle, electric vehicle, that did, I think, 1.83 seconds from 0 to 100. Now, you can't really do a comparison uh, to a normally aspirated motor. Obviously, if we take away diesel and we look at um, the petrol, you know, the normal aspirated uh, petrol vehicles, no matter what you do with that vehicle, you will find that you will never get those type of seconds on it, you know, on a quarter mile or on a 0 to 100 range. Right? Because... We have a problem with gear ranges itself because you've got to change gears and because of the transmission. But if you find electric motors, the reason it picks up the momentum because you have electric uh, gear change where it, it just picks up momentum. So there's no real need for actually changing gears as such, you know. So alhamdulillah, you know, it has revolutionized the market. And, you know, we know that by 2035, unfortunately, South Africa hasn't signed the treaty as yet. 
but majority of all the countries will be full electric by that period of time. So yes, I suppose that is why people, you know, uh, lithium is becoming so scarce and it's becoming such an expensive commodity. You know, I mean, they actually drain out all the places in Zimbabwe and all our neighboring states because we're very rich in lithium itself. You know, we produce a lot of this, and you know, China is also number one in the production of that. So, alhamdulillah, you know, it's a revolution that's been taking place in the motor industry when it comes to electric vehicles itself. I'm thinking that things like radiator and all those things will go out of business, Anwar. Yeah, most definitely. But, you know, we, we have been mining. And I remember I did a show many, many years ago with you on a different platform. And, uh, you know, they interviewed 99 scientists, I remember. And all of them agreed to the fact that we should never have dug so deep into the, uh, the crust of the uh, earth itself to extract minerals because that is the reason we have so many earthquakes and so much of climate change also. You know, we all seem to be blaming the ozone layer. So, you know, as much as we're advancing on one aspect of uh, in the motor industry or other technolo- technological industries, you find that, you know, we, we tend to be digging and creating holes all around the earth, you know, and obviously it's creating an instability itself. So, Shafat, you know, there's a pros and cons to whatever we talk about. You know, as we mentioned, you know, um, I think uh, Donald Trump mentioned the fact that they want to, they, uh, America, I think, is uh, creating fully electric uh, tanks. You know, I mean, I don't understand the purpose of it. Tanks itself, well, why would you do that? You're bombing up the places, that is, you know, and yet you're having electric tanks. So, as, you know, that as an example will tell you, that as much as we advance, we actually retracting and going backwards in life. Yeah, the warmongers and the armament industry never will uh, stop uh, unless there is, uh, you know, the true law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is uh, the Islamic law that will be implemented on this dunya. But inshallah, things are coming to that. Well, we talk about the car that uh, both you and I, uh, you know, uh, really admire. And, uh, you know, we'll drive soon. The new Ford Mustang locked in uh, for early 2024 South African launch. Talk about the this car is looking. I'm looking at the picture, Anwar. I want you to describe it. Can you? I'm sure you got it in front of you. Talk to us about this new Ford Mustang. You know, when it comes to Ford Mustang, you know, there's a slight glow I, I create because from childhood days, I actually got one of those uh, small miniature Ford Mustangs, the '67 Fastback. You know, in a met, in a glass case, I would say. You know, one of those collector's item cases type of thing. And I remember my son when he was about three years old. And I actually told him, son, I, I bought you everything, but do not touch it. This is personal. And alhamdulillah, I still got that toy car, and I love that car. You know, just mm. looking at it. So the prancing horse, you know, the figure that actually made Mustang, you know, way is today. Alhamdulillah, it has never disappointed us. You know, so now we have Mustang that in the first quarter of 2024... That will be introducing the Mustang GT itself, and it'll come in at 362 kilowatts with a 567 newton meter torque. Previous to the 362, we had the 330, so it's quite a considerable uh, difference. On the second quarter, we have a thing called the the Ford Mustang Dark Horse, and that comes in at 372 kilowatts. So, Alhamdulillah, you know, uh, what makes that vehicle, and everyone actually says wait for the dark horse because it ha- actually has the pistons of the Shelby GT500, which is fully forged and modified. 
So obviously that talk on this normally aspirated motor will be incredible and enormous. And at the same time, you know, you, you find that it still has that same wicked draw about it because as much as everyone, we're talking about electric vehicles, you find that this specific Ford, although it came out electrical, you know, they still maintain that normal aspiration on it because this vehicle comes in a 5-liter V8 motor. So that itself will tell you, obviously, you need to really have the money firstly to buy this vehicle because it's going to sell. It hasn't been really set by anywhere in the range of just over 1.1 million rands for the standard without the features, you know. So you'll obviously need the petrol or the money or the funds if you were to actually maintain or drive around in this vehicle, because it is a V8 after all. Yeah, V8 and uh, then uh, electric. So all the energy will be coming from uh, the batteries, uh, Anwar? Yes, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, and the battery goes, then you're in trouble. Uh, well, uh, looking at you, you know, you're also a lecturer in economics and so forth. Uh, Vodacom uh, business causes a stir whilst uh, sharing an important cybersecurity message what is that message, Anwar? You know, I think we know that cybersecurity is one of the very crucial parts in our livelihoods nowadays because of technology, technological advancements. You know, everything is to do with technology. Everything is to do with AI. I mean, we have voice prompted vehicles at the moment. We have everything is a touch of the button, you know, and especially with things like social media, your banking apps, and everything is to do with this. So as much as, you know, I think everyone's looking for market share, really speaking, and Vodacom, you know, I mean, they've got a, a good uh, client base, I would say. So they're insisting, you know what, you guys need to join us because we are actually concentrating on cybercrime. And the moment you put step out, you find that people, you know, they tend to listen. And, you know, the amazing part from 2019, from the time COVID reared itself, we found that uh, cybercrime has actually risen you know, I would say about 53%, you know, according to their stats, you know. So, really speaking, you know, in 2018, if you look at stats again, there was 40 cyber crimes being committed every hour. In 2020, there was 90 per hour. And now, in 2022, it actually costs $1.175 million per hour in cyber crime. And... So what is Vodacom actually done? They, they introduced it into the radio stations, and it only takes 30 seconds for voice recognition, you know, for you to adapt that voice into whatever you want to do. You know, by basically, if a person had to talk for 30 seconds, they can take what he has said and basically mimic exactly in the same voice whatever they, they decide to do. And that's what they've done in radio stations to get a prompt word out there. So, Alhamdulillah, you know, we don't know uh, exactly how the sector is going to really work, but they want all the business sectors to actually join Vodacom and go onto their screens because they actually insist that, you know what, they have the cybercrime thing under wraps, and Alhamdulillah, you know, uh, nothing will really go wrong. But I think, you know, when it comes to cybercrime, the advancements in the, the crime industry itself is so vast because whenever a new product is introduced, you find the criminals tend to actually get together, <clears throat> they ban, and then thereafter they will break that system down. And that's what's been happening for the years that we have already passed. So there is no fail-safe uh, way we can actually prohibit this uh, type of cybercrime because I think we all get those messages, you know, you click the small this and you click the small that, and the next thing you know, 
you know, your phone is wiped and all your personal details are gone. So they actually came, you know, they will make a safe online, you know, presentation on any type of aspect, especially on the business forum side of it. I suppose time will tell, but I actually think when it comes to cybercrime, it's up to the person or the person or the individual itself, you know, to make sure that they have it, you know, fully covered so they don't get basically taken out of money because that's the end result is out of money, you know. So, you know, with the people in advancement, as we mentioned, it's going to be a very difficult task ahead. Zakala, for that, Anwar, uh, looking at uh, this topic here, 55% of uh, fatal crashes happen at night. Now, VWSA is opening a night school, Anwar. Those were the days, but now the night school is going to open. Talk to us. You know, the amazing part, in many overseas countries, your driver's license will never be issued unless you actually do a test drive for the instructor during the night. But South Africa is not one of those countries, you know. So once again, we're looking at market shares, we're looking at VWSA, and uh, at the same time, they have teamed up with people like spec, uh, spec savers, I would say, and some advanced driving school, you know. So they're actually giving online and they're actually giving on-site classes when it comes to this year. And some of the um, aspects that they will actually be covering is visibility, poor vision, uh, driver's fatigue, recklessness, and personal safety and weather. But the one thing, or I would say the two things that they actually excluded, which I actually find as priority, you know, when I read this article, one would be the potholes that you need to avoid, especially at night. And the other is the hijacking, because the rate of hijacking is so great over us in South Africa. So they're not actually grooming you for that. They're just grooming you for, you know, your driving techniques itself. You know, so, uh, you know, they should actually incorporate safety aspects when it comes to the driving itself. And that will enable you or give you the edge if something, you know, uh, almighty forbid that happens or obstacle is put into your way. So once again, we're looking at market shares when it comes to, uh, you know, something. People are basically grasping because of the evolving world that we live in. So people are basically doing whatever they can. BWSA, they're on the right path itself. But there is no mention after reading the article as to how much it's going to actually charge the client or cost the client when it comes to this type of thing. All they actually have given us is the uh, stats on this year as yet. So I'm not really sure about the pricing structure. Yeah, and, well, and then everything keeps going right for these people. Toyota just built its uh, 300 million vehicles. And you also have uh, some stats for other of the top sellers at the present. Anwar? Yeah, if you look at uh, Toyota itself, Japanese, I mean, everyone knows you've got to buy Japanese. It's reliable. It's everything that goes with it. You know, nothing goes wrong, as you said. You know, I mean, they've been in production for some, to the tune of 88 years and two months and 300 million vehicles. I mean, it's quite a number if you consider the population of the world is somewhere around 7 billion people. So 300 million vehicles is not a bad number in 88 years, I would say. And, you know, some of these vehicles, if you look at Japan itself, they're the major contributors of the manufacturers of these vehicles, and they produce something to the tune of about 180 million. You know, and uh, abroad, it's about 119-some million that makes up the 300 million. And of this year, if you had to section it out, you're looking at about 33 million belongs to the Corolla family, and yet Corolla is doing exceptionally well. 
And if you look at the cross, you know, if you go a little aside from it, and you look at the theater cross itself, they have sold worldwide, I, I think, something about one and a half million, you know, in 2022 itself. So they actually tried to beat Ford because Ford actually reached, I, I think it was 350 million in 2012. You know, so Ford company is doing very, very well, also globally, you know. So they about 50 million, and actually they, when they were interviewed, they said, you know, very soon we'll be on our 400 million vehicle, you know. So once again, we have competition right against, the, you know, these two major players in the market of car manufacturers. But I suppose, once again, it's preference when it comes to this. Toyota, I'm just looking outside your window there. You got them right in front of you. How many cars did they produce uh, thus far in that plant there? I have no idea, but I know they produce just, I think it's about 3,800 per day. If you had to consider the Bucky's uh, SUVs and uh, the, the, the sedans itself, it's something that's, you know, about 3,800 per day. And is that a railway line working or are they still using trucks? No, they still use the transportation because what they've actually done, I've noticed, they use the old abandoned airport, which we were lied to that they will turn into a port as such, and but so be it. But anyway, they actually use the old airport as storage. I mean, I, I went the other day to Spingo, and they're using the backyard of a school as storage. And I remember not very long ago, mm. somebody approached me and told me, you know, if you can park an X amount of cars, these guys, Toyota, will pay you to store vehicles at your place. And if you look at the opposite of my house, there used to be a company called Frodo. And they're actually storing cars in Frodo itself because Frodo uh, is non-existent at the moment after the floods, basically. So I see a hole. When I actually look through my bedroom window, I see a whole array of cars in this Frodo plant itself. So that itself will tell you they're running short of space, the whole of Springfield. So uh, according to law, you know, to, create, to keep a car by the name of brand new, it is supposed to, I think, do a maximum of 20 kilometers. So they try to keep it close by surrounding. So wherever they put these vehicles, wherever they store these vehicles, they after they are put on carriers. So you're only allowed a range of 20 kilometers. They after the vehicle becomes secondhand. Well, that's a uh, good information, Anwar. And uh, before we, uh, you know, close up, a uh, huge uh, diesel price cuts. Uh, well, I, I believe they already decided it's going to be quite huge, Anwar. You know, when it comes to huge, you know, we did, it all depends how we look at it. Yeah, if you look at diesel, diesel rose, but uh, there was an increase of 540 in three months. And yet, it only dropped 85 cents in November. So if you look at three months, it went up by 540 and it dropped by 85 cents. So this huge drop we are talking about is 180, which is always set aside. Obviously, because of a stronger currency and lower oil prices. So, when it comes to fuel, uh, petrol, I would say, it hasn't been allocated as to how much because right now the analysts are actually talking about 60 cents to one rand a liter down on petrol. But we know for a fact, because it happened last year, it happened the previous year, when it comes to diesel, because there's not so much of trucks on the road in that period of time, in the, especially the silly season or December, you find that the diesel price will always drop. And come January, it will once again pick up. 
You know, I, I suppose more because of storage, because it costs to store this diesel, and we need a constant supply. So we don't have an unrated supply. We have a constant supply that comes into the port and it is stored. And because most of the trucking companies won't be working in full steam, especially in December, you find that the diesel price, and I'll never forget, last year also was exactly the same. The diesel price dropped at that period of time, you know. So uh, once again, 180, it will make a considerable difference to a lot of people, but it still does not reach that 540. If you take 180, if you add the uh, 85 cents, so it still is nowhere close to the 540 drop that these guys actually picked it up by. So unfortunately, you know, uh, once again, uh, this price will be set on the 4th of December because we all know that the first Wednesday of every month is when the, uh, the fuel or the diesel price is actually set, you know, in this country. So, you know, it's something I won't say to really look forward to, you know, but the fact is it, it, it'll help a little. But unfortunately, if you look at the retailers and all the wholesalers out there when it comes to the food industry, when the price fluctuates and when it drops, the, fuel, the price of food does not drop. And that's what amazes me, Relation Park. It picks up every time there's an increase in fuel prices, but it never drops when it comes to a drop in fuel prices. So that's mm. one of the amazing things. I suppose that is business. Yeah, absolutely, making a lot of sense there. Uh, they're playing mind games with us, and as you said, the food price, uh, they told you bread will be very cheap, and still you're paying uh, uh, 15, 16, 18 rand the loaf, and certain places uh, they'll take uh, two for the price of one. But uh, be careful what they do. Anwar, uh, we've run out of time, uh, but uh, your parting words, I'll give you 10 seconds. No, alhamdulillah, you know, very, very beautiful time. We're going to the silly season. People out there, please look after your loved ones. Look after and treasure the old. Last week I spoke about the mothers. You know, treasure all those around you because we don't know if we get to see the so-called Western New Year that's ahead of us. You know, but times are tough. Just have sabar and hang in there. Shazakallah, you have a beautiful, lovely evening ahead. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan and inshallah we will continue after that.